0: Salutations, welcome back to another episode to get right to it here with your boy Chris Stevens. I was gonna say on the network, but we're not on the network, we're actually just on regular old Spotify. So that pretty much settles that. But thank y'all for tuning in as always. Greatly appreciate y'all's time, as always. Definitely want to thank my guests once again, Shamika Rhymes from Check the Rhymes, who checked in with us last week. We talked about Unsung, we talked about journalism. Definitely want to send my condolences to Shamika and her family. Uh, she lost her grandfather not long after we recorded that particular episode and, you know, just losing a loved one. I mean, whenever, I mean, it doesn't matter how old they were or when it is or how it is. I mean, that pain just does not go away. I mean, it'll be 17 years, July the 4th, since my grandmother passed away. So definitely still a sore spot for me. And, you know, just want to send my condolences to Shamika and her family. Thank her once again for taking time out, you know, to join me during, you know, a tough time for her and her family. We had a great time, though, last week talking about you know, unsung being journalists, what what being a journalist looks like in the 21st century, and all of those things. So that was a great episode last week. This week got a little, got a lot to talk about. I want to say, yes, that's what I meant to say. Got a lot to talk about. A lot of time to get to it because you know, when you record your own podcast, you can take your time. You can do whatever you want, and that's what we're gonna do. So, without further delay, let's get right to it. The big news this past weekend, of course, outside of WrestleMania, and I'll probably wait to have some friends on talk about WrestleMania. I may give my brief, unbiased, full opinions maybe later on in the show. But other than that, the Women's College Basketball, the NCAA Division I Women's College Basketball National Championship Game, took place at the American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas, on Sunday afternoon. And the Louisiana Unis... Louisiana Unis... Louisiana, the Louisiana unit. The Louisiana State University Tigers uh, defeated University of Iowa 102-85 to 85 in a game where there was terrible officiating, lots of shot making from both sides, and of course, a gesture or two that has set the world on fire. Of course, if you missed it, uh, Angel Reese is a young black ball player, young black lady from Baltimore. Originally committed to Maryland, missed most of her first year because of a foot injury, played very well her second year, then decided to hit transfer portal because, in her words, she wanted to be challenged. Enter LSU and Kim Mulkey, who we'll have more on in a second. Uh, Reese, of course, in her first season, scored 34 double-doubles, if you're not familiar in basketball terms of double-doubles, when someone has 10 points of two different, I mean, double digits of two different things. Angel Reese did that with points and rebounds this year. And they were going up against University of Iowa. Who had Caitlin Clark, who of course has captured national attention by being just a flat-out ridiculous shooter from anywhere inside the gym, and also being able to get her team involved with pinpoint passing. And against South Carolina, she made a gesture where she kind of waved off a South Carolina player at the three-point line, which people felt was disrespectful. Game before that, she did the John Cena You Can't See Me joint against the University of Louisville. And as the final minutes ticked away and LSU had the game in the bag, Angel Reese was getting was trying to get Caitlin Clark's attention for the you can't see me chant, I mean gesture and the pointing to her ring finger, which of course, you know, when you when, when when athletes of all sports point to a ring finger, that means ring me. That means I won a championship. I get to wear a ring that says I won a championship. So that has had people up in arms for the last Three business days, because what is this? Yes, is it, well, actually, no, just yeah, three business days, because this happens Sunday afternoon. I'm recording this on a Tuesday night. You'll hear it on a Wednesday morning, and it sparked conversation with between the intersection of gender and race, as it always does when these types of things happen. Because of course, Angel Reese is a young black ball player. Caitlin Clark is a young white ball player, and the dog whistles are obvious. Like, I mean, for crying out loud. I cover high school basketball here in Delaware. And when I tell you that a lot of my colleagues really err on the side of dog whistles when they describe some black kids and some black ball players, it's really irritating. And they hate to be called out on it because it's like, you know, nobody plays victim quite like white people in all walks of life. It don't matter what it is. I mean, we just, I mean, today we just saw the 45th president of the United States arraigned on 34 charges. 34 of them things by the, shout out my guy, Mikey T. Because when I had an old podcast, he used to like the way I said this word. 34 charges from the FBI. 34 of them things. 34. Barkley. Charles Barkley charges. (laughs) And people are like, oh, he's being persecuted. You know, he couldn't, you know, he didn't do that. Why are y'all picking, why are you idiots? You poor Miseducated, undereducated, woefully unprepared and inadequate idiots taking up for a trust fund baby who just happens to be just as dumb as y'all. Are. Help me understand that. but That's another story for another day. Anyway, back to Caitlin Clark and Angel, and Angel Uh White people play victim very well because w- when they use the dog whistle, such things as like, you know, calling black players or black athletes or black people in general classless or they weren't raised right or this white person is going to go on the bigger things, and black people or this black person is going to go on the lesser things. I mean, we're not dumb. We know what you're talking. I mean, we know what you're talking about, and it's you know it's insulting, but at the same time, we have to laugh because so the overall insecurity, the vic, the you know the victim playing, just the disrespect. Like nobody's dumb. I mean, nobody's foolish. I mean, we're not. I mean, we see what y'all are doing. We know two plus two equals four, but when you get caught out on it. It's like the worst thing that can happen. That's probably why the world is in such bad shape right now, especially in America, because, you know, fascism is here. And you can't even call, I mean, you can't call people Nazis when they act like Nazis. You can't call white people racist when they're being racist. You can't say anything about them cutting out Black History Month stuff without them, you know, crying foul because they know good and well what they're doing. And I got to give Caitlin Clark a ton of credit because she was on a ESPN program outside the lines earlier today. And she said, I don't think Angel deserves any criticism because we both were competing. So y'all can stop infantizing this 20, 21 year old girl, young woman. She's a ball player. She's an athlete. She knows it comes with the territory. Yes, she got dusted. Her team got dusted. But she knows her team got dusted. It's not like, you know, it was just some random courage that this LSU team was frauds, and they weren't. It's like people saying, "Oh, y'all had a weak non-conference schedule. Oh, y'all didn't play anybody except anybody in your conference, which is South Carolina, which is a damn good opponent to have, quite frankly." Because South Carolina was thirty-six and zero until Kate McClark came along. I just want people to understand that we see what white people do, and we have to keep calling them out on because if it makes them uncomfortable, so be it. Because they get, ma- I mean, they get so mad when you know they're called racist when they're doing racist things. It's like you I, it's like me getting mad and some when when somebody used to say to me oh you need to kind of slow down on your eating because you're way too heavy and I really would get offended by that and I mean granted you know that's a that's actually a piss poor example honestly now that I think about it because you know people do emotional eating I mean shit I was an emotional eater for a long time I'll probably get more into that later on but I think you know people you know or you know or somebody just doing something wrong like you know, somebody who just randomly walks up to you and just punches you in the mouth. and You're like, yo, I don't like that. Don't do that. Oh, why? And, and, and then somebody and then the person that punches you said, oh, why is why is it my problem? Why is it my fault? How am I the victim? Because I just walked up and punched you in the mouth. That's how white people like about racism. And we ain't dumb. Not at all. So keep calling them out on this shit. And I got to say that I was really impressed and heartened by black athletes and black journalists. Sticking up for Angel Reese, like Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal, of course, a former uh, LSU star himself, told Keith Olbermann to shut his mouth. Um, and of course, Dave Portnoy, the asshole that runs the demon seed that is Barstool Sports, you um, called her um, called her a classless pos. And Shaq replied in the comments, and so is your mother. <laughs> That's Shaq for you. Like, I, and I mean, he's gonna say what he says. And means what he says, but I'm just so heartened that people like Shaq, people like Samuel L. Jackson who told Keith Olbermann that he had little dick energy. Oh my God, Keith Olbermann. He's an embarrassment. This was a dude I used to watch on SportsCenter as a kid. And for him to just literally piss away. I mean, I, was, I honestly, I won't say piss away. I'll just say that he revealed his true colors. Because a lot of times white people who swear they are the good white people are literally just as bad as the bad white people about certain things. Most things, if we're keeping it a buck. Because this was a dude who literally called Angel Reese, a 20-year-old black girl, a fucking idiot. And then threw his hands up in the air and clutched his pearls and played victim, once again, after, you know, being called out on his foolishness. And he didn't even really apologize to Angel Reese. He apologized for being misinformed. Talking about, I don't watch college basketball all that much. Then why are you opening your fucking mouth? Please help me understand. You know what? I don't talk about shit I don't know about. Or I don't have any prior experience with. Like, you don't see me on here talking about, you know, nuclear fusion. You don't see me talking about computer programming. You don't see me talking about those types of things. I talk about what I know and I love. And that's music, sports, automobiles, trying to be a better person, trying to, you know, get a dating and healthy sex life. Those are the things that we talk about here on Get Right to. So, oh, I'm right. Because I'm a writer. That reminds me. I need to have, you know, I need to really reach out and get some more guests on here. You know, having Shamiko on here last week was great. But I need more journalists. I need more novel writers. So if you're listening to this and you write, let's talk. That being said, I don't talk about shit I don't know about. I know my lane and I stick it and I stick to it and I stay in it. Keith Olbermann needs to learn to stick in his, stay in his lane and stick to what he knows. Period. Point blank. And people do this all the time. You know, when they just have to be seen, have to be heard, have to have the last word, have to have a comment. Think. Stop and think before you comment on anything. This is life advice, not just for Keith Oberman, but it's for Chris Stevens. It's for anybody listening to this podcast. Before you think before you talk about something, stop and think. Am I adding anything to the conversation? Do I know anything about this conversation? How stupid am I going to look if I say something? Add something to this conversation. Ask yourself those three questions. If you can't come up with good answers, shut the fuck up. That's the bottom line. That's really what it boils down to. And again, I really want people to understand that Malcolm X was not wrong when he said all those many years ago that the most disrespected and unprotected person in America is the black woman. And we see this, we've seen this all the time in college basketball. I mean, in all walks of life with women athletes like you know, Serena Williams, people was people were aghast when she see walked in Spain at the Olympics. People are saying that you know Simone Biles shouldn't be allowed to do the things that she does because no other gymnast can do them. So whose fault is that? Whose fault is that is that she's at the top of her class? And we see it all the time in women's basketball because there's a usual there's a problem with the coverage of women's basketball because it's very great white hypeish like we saw it with Sabrina Ionescu. We saw we're going to see it with Paige Buckers when she comes back. We're seeing it now with Caitlin Clark. The WNBA chose to hype up the retirement of Sue Bird beyond any comparable measure to that of Sylvia Fowles who was just as good, just as important player to the WNBA as anyone else. And it just really boggled the mind that people were just watching Sue Bird, I mean, and not saying Sue Bird didn't deserve it. I mean, for God's sake, Sue Bird played 20 years at a very high level. Like, she's probably, you can't, like Sue, you can't tell the story of the WNBA without Sue Bird. I mean, that's not what I'm saying. You can't tell it without Sylvia Fowles either. So let's be honest with ourselves here. If you're gonna sit here and say that, okay, we want women's sports to grow, then you have to understand that young black girls play sports. And you have to understand that black girls are not a monolith. We have feminine black girls who get their lashes, their baby hair, their edges, their, you know, their acrylics, makeup on, and they ball. And there are black women who are more present, masculine presenting, who, you know, prefer, you know, more male-friendly clothes and looks, but are still women regardless. I mean, you may not be attracted to them, but that's not your business anyway. So I think that's something that the women's basketball media's community has to understand that most of the girls and women that make your sport go are black. And they all look different. Some of them are drop-dead gorgeous models. Some of them are just regular, round the tomboys. And you should be boosting them regardless because they add way much more to the sport than you want to give them credit for. But y'all want to, you know, and I'm, and again, I'm not saying that Sabrina Ionescu doesn't deserve props. I'm not saying that Paige Buckers doesn't deserve props. I'm not saying that Caitlin Clark doesn't deserve props. But I'm saying there just can't be slanted coverage to where, okay, are these the only girls that are playing? Are these the only women that are playing? No, they're not. Like I said, when I said when Shaq spoke up, when Samuel L. Jackson spoke up, and a few other brothers spoke up, I was heartened because we leave black women alone at a time when they need us very much. And people will get upset and say, oh, black women don't need black men because you know some dudes are upset that they can't get over on women like they used to anymore. No, we still got to. We still must be there for them. It, it is our obligation. It is our duty. It's our. It is our obligation, and our duty to call the bullshit out, wherever it is. Doesn't matter where it is. Doesn't matter how it is. You have to be ready to defend somebody, even though you may not have a shot in hell with them. Or I think what it really boils down to is we really got to find a way to stop to reverse this trend of young black boys and young black men and old ass black men. There's some old niggas out there too, hating that hate black women. We got to figure out a way to reverse this trend. That's really what it boils down to. And if we do that, we can protect and elevate the Angel Reese's of the world, the Aaliyah Bostons, the Simone Biles, the Coco Goffs, the Sloane Stephens, the uh, Naomi Osaka's, and, and, and many more, not just in sports, but just black girls and black women in general who deserve the elevation, who deserve the praise, who deserve the glory, who deserve their flowers from us, because they go going to give it to themselves. Black women hype each other up better than anybody else on this planet. But black men got us hype them up too, because they're 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 much as part of us as we are a part of them, and we owe it to them. So if you were looking for somebody to, to criticize Angel Reese, you came to the wrong podcast. I mean, y'all knew that already. Anybody that listens to this podcast knew I wasn't going to criticize Angel Reese. But if you're a first time listener, this is a black woman fan account. There's a Black Woman Fan Podcast. We're going to stand 10 toes down on it. We're going to show them love. We're going to be better by them. And we're just going to do what's right. Always a great time to do what's right. Another thing I wanted to talk about, being that I'm a writer or creative person, is Chloe Bailey did an interview recently. Of course, if you're not familiar, we just talked about Chloe Bailey a couple weeks ago on this particular podcast, due to people being up in arms about her having a sex scene in the, Shenanigan Fest, that was Swarm, and we'll talk about that in this particular segment. But Chloe Bailey said in an interview recently that her art isn't going to be for everybody, and her responsibility is to the people that her art is for. Of course, if you don't know, Chloe Bailey is one half of the musical sister duo Chloe and Hallie, who are now poised to take over the world of entertainment in general. Of course, they had The Ungodly Hour, which was a tremendous album. And then, of course... Holly is uh, playing Ariel in the live action remake of the little mermaid and Chloe Bailey is doing her acting thing. And she just released her first official album this past week. And people have climbed up and down this girl's back. Shout out, you know, no dams, no dams in interest. <laughs> people have been climbing up and down her back about what she does, how she dresses her music. And as an artist as a creative person. I find it to be a little disingenuous because people consume some crazy shit. And as a writer, I I'm glad that Chloe at 24, 25 years old understands that the art you create is really at the end of the day for you. If it finds an audience, perfect, great. But if you try to do everything with the results of trying to find an audience and trying to you know, get a bag or please this group of people, please that group of people, then it's not fun. It's not fun. That's probably why I haven't written anything in two years. If you guys are not familiar, I am a independent novelist outside of my journalistic duties and love. And I have not written something since I wrote one thing. I wrote a book about a journalist that interviews a retired old baseball player, and that book sunk like a stone. I don't think anybody read. I don't think I made one sale off of that book. So I have not published anything in nearly two years. And I think probably because I was trying to chase something that wasn't there with that particular book. But if you guys are interested, you guys can go to my Amazon page, which is Amazon.com. Chris Stevens writes, C-H-R-I-S-S-T-E-V-E-N-S-W-R-I-T-E-S. And just read a book from your boy. They're not nonsense on the ebook circuit. So if you got like Kindle, if you got like a Kindle app. Or an ebook app. Ninety nine cents to get you a book from me, and I have eleven titles. So less than ten dollars, you can get a whole my whole catalog. But yeah, that's probably one reason I haven't written. And I got a I got a couple of ideas that I'm very excited about, but I'm nervous because I don't know how people are going to receive them. But I'm trying to get out of the head of like, okay, yes, you want people to read your stuff, but you have to write what feels good to you, and damn it, just write. So I'm glad that Chloe was able to verbalize that and I mean I think that's very mature for a young woman who has been dissected for the last two years about what she is who she is how she dresses how she acts how she performs you know the the roles she takes all of this stuff so I just want people to be mindful that being a creative person it's hard you know when you write when you paint when you draw when you sing when you play an instrument, when you're even, even, I even consider baking and cooking an art form because I didn't realize until I got back into my own kitchen in September and started making my own stuff in the kitchen just how intensive it can be. So I consider baking and food and art as well. So I'm just very happy that she was able to verbalize that. And as a writer, it gives me hope that whatever I'm coming up with is good enough to put out there and be received well by whoever reads it. But at the same time, it'll just be great. It'll just be great for me to be able to say, okay, I finished this. I like the way this is. I'm comfortable putting out into the world. If people like it, fine. If not, it's cool because I like it. I didn't feel that about the last book I wrote. I did not. I mean, I'm actually, honestly, I'm actually thinking about pulling it out of my catalog. That's how terrible I feel about it. But in general, really, you just want to be mindful of the stuff that you create as an artist and be mindful of your headspace, be mindful of your vibe, be mindful of your energy when you create. Because if your energy's off, then your art's going to be off. And that's something that we all could learn from. There's something, I mean, I was so happy to see her say that because it was just like, wow. I wonder why I haven't, I was wondering why I didn't have a good idea or why I haven't written anything in the fictional lane in a while. And that pretty much explains why I just been trying to chase what my peers are doing, because a lot of my peers in the romance writing space, they found their audience. They have their lane. They get the accolades. They get the love. Some of them even make money, you know, and I want to be like them. But at the same time, I just feel like it's either a tall task or maybe I feel like I'm not good enough because I'm comparing myself to these folks. But Chloe Bailey put me in the right frame of mind with that quote. I was just like, you know what? She's got a damn good point. If you're creating for other people, then why are you creating? I mean, yeah, it's cool to have an audience. It's cool to have a following. But you have to create for yourself first. And that hopefully will lead me back to where I want to be as a fictional writer, as a novelist, as a romance writer, and all of these different things. So that was just something I wanted to get off my chest because I thought about it. And I was like, "Yo, that still sticks with me because I read that about a week or two ago. And I like, you know what? She's right. You got to do what feels right for you. And if other people like it, cool. But if not, you got to be cool with what you put out there as an artist. And that is the very important. That is a very important part of being creative and being an artistic person. There's something pretty cool about being able to be back outside with good temperatures before it gets dark late or earlier <laughs> or, 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 or there's more light outside, I should say. Um, today was the first day of 2023 that I was able to get in a day shift of cardio and a night shift of cardio. If you guys aren't familiar with my weight loss journey, I will break it down to you like this. Um, 2018, um, probably actually was December 1st, December 1st, 2018. I went on a date that with a woman I met off of OKCupid and it was a disaster. Simple and plain, very much a disaster. Like, She looked down her nose at me the entire time and she knew I was fat. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, I was hiding in my pictures on OKCube then I was a big dude. But it just really hurt my feelings and it devastated me to the point where I said, "Okay, I will show you. I'll show everyone. I'm going to lose this weight. I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to be fly as fuck. and You're not going to have a choice but to pay me any attention. Okay, so I get rolling. You know, I end up. For the first time, when when 2020 comes around, I'm finally under 300 pounds because most of the time I've been way above 300, closer to 400 sometimes. But of course, the pandemic happens. I'm about 270 ish at this point, probably closer to. You know, I'd have to go back and look at my weight charts. I'm not gonna pull that shit up now because it's on a whole nother computer. <laughs> but if um, yeah, I was probably you know 270s range, and then the gyms closed, so now it's like okay, what do you do? How do you, do you want to continue? Because now it's like, okay, you're not even going to be able to go out on dates because everything is fucking closed down. You can't go to the gym because the gym is closed down. So what do you do? You go, you run outside. So I decided to run outside. And then because everything was so closed down, you know, everybody was in the house. You know, I was living near the um, minor league baseball stadium here in our hometown of Wilmington, my hometown of Wilmington Delaware. And I was like, well, Since nobody's out on the riverfront, I'll just walk around the damn riverfront at night. And that got me down to 220 pounds, the lowest I'd ever been in my life. I got back up to about 260 this year because depression and the the work situation has been the work situation for hell. God, I can't wait to tell you all about that when it's time to do so. And this was the first time this year that I've been able to run in the morning and walk in the evening. And I felt... So good about myself. Like I went, I came home, looked in the mirror, and felt like, yo, I'm starting to get back to me again, on all levels. Like I'm still trying to, you know, figure out where I'm gonna go from here, looking for other positions. Okay, gonna say this: if y'all know anybody that needs a writer, if you know anybody that needs a podcaster, or if you know anybody that needs, a, like, a work from a person, somebody that can work from home, I'm looking for work from home gigs. Please email me, Chris Stevens Wright, C-H-R-I-S-S-T-E-V-E-N-S-W-R-I-T-E-S at gmail.com. I am on the hunt for something else, on the hunt for something better, on the hunt for something more peaceful, something that will allow me to continue to do what I do on the side, which of course is my journalism, my novel writing, and this podcast. So, but being able to just get outside and walk around and run around and, you know, just Taking the beauty of the day. Like, that is something that I absolutely have missed during the winter months. And I feel so good. That's probably why there's like a little bit of an edge to my, I mean, like a little bit of hype in my voice as I'm talking about this, because it just felt so right to me to just be able to be back outside, be able to just walk around and then have results, you know, feel results. Because I started running back outside in late March because I had to do it. I was tired of the treadmill. The treadmill was boring for four solid months. I didn't get back on the treadmill until November. And then, you know, I, did, I made it through November. I made it through January. I made it through February. I made it through the first three weeks of March. And I said, nope, got to go back outside. I don't care how cold it is. So if I just have to put on gloves and a scully along with my long sleeve shirt and shorts while I'm running, then God damn it, that's what I'm going to do. And now the weather's starting to turn a little bit here in we Wilmington, Delaware. We had a nice 70 something degree day today. So I was able to run in the morning without being chilly, and I was able to walk at night without being chilly and work up a good sweat. So I feel great about that. And just trying to get back to myself that when I was at my best self, 2020, 2021 was when Chris Stevens was at the top of his game physically. He hated my job at the library, but it was a job nonetheless that, you know, was more stable than this bullshit I'm dealing with right now. So just trying to, you know, navigate that, get back to me, and be good at what I'm doing, and find something that can allow me to sustain while I'm doing what I'm doing, is going to be the key, but I'm just very hopeful now, like, this walk, the walk I went on tonight, which was Tuesday night, is when I'm recording this now, you'll hear this once again Wednesday morning, and then after that, Tuesday night just felt so good, like, just being able to walk around, you know, taking, you know, good weather, seeing people out with their kids and their dogs, and I'm terrified of dogs, I ain't gonna lie to you. I've come around on pets. Maybe I'll have a conversation with y'all about how Instagram has really done a number on my dog hatred or my dog fear. I won't say I hate dogs. I just say I'm scared to death of them. But Instagram is a lawless land. It's very unfair how I watch dog videos now. Anybody that knows me knows I've been afraid of dogs my entire life. But now I'm watching dog videos on Instagram. It's the strangest thing. But being able to be back outside, just being able to, you know, be able to walk and think and listen to music and just sort of, you know, get my mind, not just my body moving but my mind moving and to get my, you know, my, my heart into a good place because I've, you know, I just, I felt very, I've been feeling very lonely, very isolated, very depressed, very down on my luck, very fearful of what the future holds. But now just being able to know that, yes, I still have the one thing that I need to be able to, you know, start moving again is that's, that's my body. That's my arms, my legs, my eyes. My brain still works pretty good. Grateful for that. So hopefully the more steps I take outside, the more steps I can take towards getting myself back to normal and being able to share that with you guys. You know, just it's, the first quarter of 2023 absolutely beat the shit out of me. Just, it, was a, it was a beat them down express. And second quarter started off pretty solid. I can't tell you guys how. I'll probably wait a little while to talk about how the second quarter started off pretty solid on a personal note. But just being a, you know, the second quarter just feels like it's a little more hope now because the weather's turned. And maybe if the weather turns, then maybe my luck will turn. I just want to keep thinking positive, have an attitude of gratitude for the things that I do have for the people that do appreciate me as a person and as a professional and go from there. That's really all that is. Just find the people that appreciate you on many multiple levels. like you. Work with people who think you're dope. Embrace that. If you have a lover who loves you for who you are and y'all have a great relationship, hold on to that. If you have a great relationship with your family, hold on to that. Just do everything you can to hold on to the people and things that you hold dear and that make you feel better about yourself and that, you know, give you a chance to be your best self. Those are the things that that's that's what I take away from being able to just get out and be outside today, man. Just who I just feel so much better about it. That's really all I got. Well, it's all I got, but I got to go ahead and close the show. out. <laughs> I forgot to do that. Thank you all for listening to get right to it this week. Greatly appreciate your time. You can catch us on Spotify since Anchor is no longer a thing. It's just podcast by Spotify. I'm not I'm not saying all that shit because you got to do podcasters dot Spotify slash. I'm not doing all that shit. Just search for get right to it. G E T space W R I T E space T O space I T on Spotify. Catch us there. Or you can find me on Twitter. I'm dropping links all the time. My Twitter feed is C J Writes and Things. That's C J W R I T E S, the letter N T H A N G S. That's all one word. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback, or you want to be a guest, email me Chris Stevens Writes, C H R I S S T E V E N S W R I T E S at gmail.com. Thank y'all once again for listening to get right to it. Once again, we drop new shows weekly. So till next week, y'all take care of yourselves and each other. Peace out.